Welcome to First 100K, the show where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000. Digging deep to find the tools, tactics, and superpowers that you can use to go from A to 100K. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida, where I've had the privilege of helping hundreds of entrepreneurs to start, launch, and grow successful businesses. Today, our featured guest is Chet Goss, a fearless entrepreneur and owner of CJ Marketing Automation. So, Chet, are you ready to serve up some value to our amazing listeners? I am. I like the term fearless, too. I like how you threw that in there. Why do you like that? Why does that resonate? Uh, I don't know if it resonates. I just thought it sounded really cool. <laughs> Who doesn't want to be called fearless? Yeah, right? we'll go with that. It's like, yeah, that would suck if you said the opposite, right? <laughs> feared entrepreneur. Here's feared. <laughs> well, even that sounds cool, right? Yeah, it did, yeah. It's like, wow, he's respected and feared in his marketplace <laughs> by competitors. Awesome. So, Chet, we'd like to get right into it on this one. Sure. Um, first off, take a minute, share with us something uh, personal that very few people in your business world uh, know about you? Um, well, it usually comes up sooner or later, but uh, I would say I have a YouTube channel where I often post one-man band covers of me playing odds and ends songs. What? Yeah, I'm, I'm a musician on the side. And actually, it's it's funny because like from an SEO standpoint, I have more terms that come up on music when you search my name yeah. than I do actual business For stuff. your business. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like a double-edged sword, double-edged sword there. Yeah. So we got to figure out how you can leverage that music SEO and somehow like generate. Yeah, I've thought about that. That's kind of yeah. cool, right? Yeah, I've thought about that. I'm, it's still uh, it's yet to be determined. Okay, on, cool. On, uh, how I'm going to do that? But so there's some new possibilities there. Yeah, exactly. And and you know what? business. Exactly. Side business. And I didn't know that about you, right? Yeah. So that's well, kind of cool. Learn right? something every now, day. Now you're a new member of Co-Creative, which is awesome. So you're, you're growing your brand here locally with us. You're part of our family, which is awesome. And I literally just tapped you on the shoulder the other day and said, hey, I want you on the show. Yeah. And you were all about it. So I'm all about it. Yeah. Thanks for that, man. Um, and as you know, as an entrepreneur, that's where a lot of opportunities to show up, right? When you just Absolutely. say yes. Absolutely. And you, say yes and figure out how to do it later. Exactly, right? <laughs> the unknown. We love the unknown. That's what makes you fearless. Right? Yeah, exactly. All right, cool. Uh, now let's get down to business. Um, and this is a personal question, but uh, this is where people connect, right? Sure. How much revenue did your business bring in last year? <laughs> Approximately. Ballpark. Um, I think it was somewhere between eighty and a hundred. Okay, so you're sales. right there on the line. Mm -hmm. Right it was there. Actually, on the, line. the the year before I did better. Um, I did about one ten. That was the year that I broke, and then I actually did a little bit worse the other or the the previous or the yeah yeah yeah. Year, yeah yeah. Okay, cool. So we'll get right into that. Uh, what are you on track for this year? Um, I would say somewhere between one hundred and one fifty. Nice. Somewhere okay. in there. So you take one step back for two steps forward. Yeah, kind of. it's okay. uh, it's a bit of, uh, I guess, a reframing of kind of what I was focusing on. Mm. Um, so there's, yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of things that I've learned that even though when I got to that threshold or when I got to that point that I was happy mm. or that that was my goal of, you know, I got to get $100,000 exactly. in one year. I, yeah. can, I can vividly remember that goal. And as soon as I got there, I looked at some of the work and stuff that I was doing and I was like, I can't see me doing this 
for the next 10 or 20 years. And so I kind of I get that reframed so a little bit and then I took a little bit of hit for it and I'm still honestly trying to figure some of those pieces out and, yeah. and kind of putting everything where it lies. And you know what? You're starting to ask the right questions, right? And, and things, it sounds like things have shown up after you crossed the hundred thousand dollar marker mm -hmm. that you didn't see before. Yes. Right. So you cross that line and you're like, well, wait a second. Is this really how I want the next 10 years of my life to look? Mm -hmm. And earlier on, when you were like, just starting out, there's no revenue come in, coming in, right? We're all about, I need cash flow, cash flow, cash flow, right? Cash flow yes. is king. I'll do whatever. I'll take on the wrong clients. I know they're the wrong clients. They're, they're headache clients, right? They piss me off. They make me overwork, etc. They undervalue me, but I'm going to take them anyway because I need revenue. And then as we start to grow and build our brand, um, we start to go, wait a second. Is this really what I want? Is that really who I want to work with? Mm -hmm. And that's awesome. I think you're at a like, fantastic stage of your business right now. Thank you. It's really exciting because you get to create any new possibility you want. Exactly. Yeah, I get yeah. to kind of pick the direction in which I want to go. That's so cool. I love that you're on the show right now because that's awesome. Okay, cool. Uh, now, Chet, here's the main thing, right? We all love to listen to the wisdom of millionaires and billionaires, right? Uh, but Indeed. we struggle to relate to them, right? Because 90% of us entrepreneurs haven't made our first 100K yet. Uh, take us back to when you were struggling to make your first 100K, so it sounds like a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. Paint us a vivid picture and tell us that story. That story was... It's, it's a bit of a hodgepodge because I've, <laughs> I've always kind of jumped around from what I was doing from kind of being a one-man show of, you know, hire me to do X, Y, and Z for your business to do I want to make this more of an agency to uh, I don't want to do an agency. That's too much work. Maybe I should just do everything myself and be a consultant to mm -hmm. maybe I should make a hybrid of the two. And so back when I was trying to, I mean, I can remember the year when I was setting and I said, this is the year that I'm going to make $100,000 in one year in sales. So you actually declared it out into the universe. Yeah, like in, in January, I was just like, the, I'm, by December, I'm going to figure out how to do it. Now, why um, did you declare that? If I could just stop there for a second. Like what got you to the point where you're like, I need to say this. I need to decide this. I need to ultimatum. This. Yeah, I mean, it was it was like two or one or two years prior. I mean, before that, I was doing somewhere between 30 to 50 when I was just mm -hmm. kind of starting my own thing. And I was more of a freelancer than I was a business. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of decided that if I wanted to grow this thing to a business level, I had to start bringing in some more capital and really start kind of automating my own process instead of just being this this guy for hire. Mm. Um, Were you comfortable as that guy for hire? Yeah, I am. Um, but I didn't always want to be working 80 to 100 hour weeks being the guy for hire. <laughs> oh, that's so painful. I because I, yeah, yeah, I know it's, yeah, it's, I've spent many weeks doing that. And yeah. So, when I was doing that and even when I was making like, you know, 30 to 50 and, and it was, it was a, it was a gradual increase of, I, like when I first started, it was like, I was making $15 an hour and whatever I could do to make ends meet, to pay the rent. I was, you know, I was, I was taking in stuff and just going at it. And then as I started to build more of a resume, I was able to, you know, incrementally, you know, increase the wages and the things that I was asking for. And so when I got to the point where I decided that I was going to make a hundred thousand dollars a year, I can't really specify what triggered that mm. I think it was just the case of more often like I want to be 
I want to be someone who has made six figures in one year mm. for myself. And so since I run such a lean type of business in, in the kind of the way I structure things, um, most of that was, I would say about 80 to 95% of that was like profit for me. Um, so fantastic. that was like, it was a, it was kind of a double edged goal of like, I want to get to hundred K in my business, but I also want to get to hundred K in myself. Cause I, mm. I kind of felt like I wasn't like I could test my own business sense or my own business knowledge by getting to that point mm-hmm. um, or by making that much money. Cause I felt like if, if I made that much money, I could finally, I knew that I knew what I was talking about. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense, right? It's like, first we have to prove to ourselves that our own value, yeah. right? Where we get it. Otherwise, how do we go and tell other people about it? It's like, yeah, here's why it's... you want to hire me. But if you don't believe that you actually have value to give them or $100,000 worth of value to give them, how do you ask those prices? Exactly. So I think that's a great place that you are at. Yeah. And, and it and it came from, because when I was first starting, I was doing all this stuff with technical systems and um, a little bit of setting up marketing for other people. Mm-hmm. And so the whole goal in marketing and sales and advertising is to obviously bring in money for a business. So I felt like I can't justifiably go out there and tell you, hey, here's how to make your business money if I can't make my own business money. Now, how many businesses do exactly that, right? They don't watch their own talk. Oh yeah, tons. Tons, right? Now you're listening right now and maybe you're that entrepreneur. And maybe right now, like you're telling people, hire me, hire me, hire me, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best. And the reason why you might be struggling or still struggling is because they're looking in and going, well, wait a second, how come your product's not working for you? Mm-hmm. How come you're not doing it yourself if it's so great? Yeah, so that's, that's something to sit with. That's like the paradox of, of freelancers, I think, um, or service-based businesses, um, especially if you, because I didn't have any theoretical credentials. Like I couldn't, mm. like I said, like I was really good at building sales funnels and automation systems, mm. but there's no like there's no degree for sales funnel and automation systems. So it's just the case of, okay, well who have you worked with? Well when I was yeah. starting out, I just had to go off of, you know, other clients that I did when I was working with other businesses that did that. Gotcha. So did you work for a, like a large firm that did that? Yeah, I worked for a couple agencies and yeah. a couple offshoots of different things and I kinda of bounced around from job to job and and it yeah, it was it was it was getting to the point I remember when the agency that I was involved in dissolved and I was designing these sales funnels that they were going out and packaging for like 50 grand a pop. Like these huge, huge sales funnels. One that was in the process of, of being pitched that was over $100,000 for this whole sales funnel system. And I was the guy that was sitting there for $15 an hour, you know, constructing this and creating all the work orders and like designing the whole thing. And I was like, I kind of had this moment where I was like, I could be doing this myself. I could be making like, I don't even like. I don't even think this is worth a hundred thousand dollars, but right. I could be at least be making a way better living than what I'm doing right now if yeah. I just kind of did this myself. So that was kind of my whole, I guess, coming to realization that I could actually work for myself as opposed to working for somebody else. Yeah, see, that's awesome, and it's such a common story, right? Yeah. You hear so many big success stories that kind of follow those exact lines. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, I was out making someone else rich. And I'm sitting there going, what the heck am I busting my hump making this guy rich? He doesn't even deserve it. He's an a-hole, right? <laughs> you know? And it's uh, and here I am, this good guy who has got good intentions or whatever. I'm doing all the work. I'm building the product, et cetera, et cetera. But 
that what's the thing you're missing? The thing we're missing at that stage is one, confidence in ourselves, and two, knowing how to market ourselves. Exactly. And our product, right? And I think that's where your company comes in, right? So uh, let's go here for a, sec- for a second. Describe the biggest fail you had before making your first 100K. Yeah, I can't really. It could be a setback. Yeah, I can't really identify any specific thing, um, but I would say, you know, in, in my case, going through a bit of trial and error and setting up stuff that didn't necessarily work the way that I thought it was going to work, mm. or didn't work in the way that I sold that it would work. Um, so I said, this is gonna, you know, do X, Y, and Z for your business, and then for whatever reason, usually it was because. Even though I, I might have set it up something theoretically right, the other business might not have promoted that right, or mm-hmm. they just might not have had the customer base or something to. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't applicable to them. It didn't. And so I had limited it. knowledge yeah. in, in what worked, and what I had limited knowledge in is I had knowledge in big established businesses that had yes. all these, you know, cash flow and all this, you know, existing big customer budgets. base. Yeah. And yeah, I was working with people who didn't have all that stuff then. That's because they were paying me you know, a small amount of money to do all these crazy things that they heard on all these entrepreneur shows where all these giant entrepreneurs are talking about, oh yeah, you have to set up X, Y, and Z system. And so I would set that up and then it would go out there and they would you know, sell one or two things and be like, well, they'd look, they'd look at me and say, why didn't this work? Mm. And so it How was, did you process that? Because that's like you promised something. Yeah, it was a big, it was an internal struggle for me. What and I think that was part of the reason why I kind of set out this whole like I want to make a hundred thousand dollars in one year, was because I kind of had a string of those incidents mm. where things didn't work quite work out, or me and the client were butting heads on something, or I would suggest some kind of marketing thing and then they would tell me to build something else and I would build it and then it didn't work and then I was like you should have just stuck with what I told you. But then I also did other things where I told people something and it didn't work the way that they would have suggested it. And what I've learned over time is that, you know, obviously I've gotten smarter when it comes to building systems and and learning what works for certain businesses and what doesn't work for other businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's no one size kind of fits all for for everything. Um, And there was a point where I had a couple kind of failures in a row where just projects weren't hitting in the way that I wanted them to hit. And I was kind of like, well, what if I don't even know what I'm talking about? So, so your confidence starting to take a yeah, dip after a while. Yeah, 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 and yeah, there was a point where I, I can kind of distinctively remember. I think I was at about forty thousand each year for about two consecutive years, so like one at thirty and one at like forty something. Um, and I was just kind of like, ah, can I get any? Can I can I get past that point? Like I couldn't I couldn't fathom making a hundred thousand dollars in a year. Like, like it, it was like, it was kind of like one of those like, oh, if I could do that, that'd be really cool. Like I drive this big fancy car and I like have all this, you know, fancy living. And then it was, yeah, it was kind of like a, a, a thing where I was like, okay, I want to, I want to get to that point. I want to see if I want to challenge myself yeah. to get to that point because I know what I'm doing. Like I kind of had this internal thing where, you know, again, I got a couple wins in a row after a couple of losses and I was kind of like, okay, I think I know what I'm talking about. Let me make a plan. Let me put together the things that I know how to do really well um, and stay out of the things that I don't know how to do really well, which was always a learning process for me and still kind of is. Um, but let me focus on what I'm really good at and what I know can get people results. Um, and I kind of did that for a year, and that really led to me getting that 100, um, kind of hitting that 100K mark. That and learning how to sell myself, which I think is one of the 
biggest things that you can figure out how to do when you're a beginning business owner that I think yeah. a lot of people don't necessarily have all the skills I get that, to, to right? do. So let me summarize a little bit I, and clarify really uh, yeah. what I just heard you said because uh, what you just said was really powerful, I think, right? It's like you were plateauing at thirty to 40000 a year and part of that was you had a, a series of what you considered fails mm-hmm. or iterations that didn't work out, didn't meet your expectations or the expectations you set with your customers. So you had some broken promises, right, between mm-hmm. you and your customer in that relationship. And that took a ding on your self-confidence, right? And you started to doubt yourself and think, am I even good at this? Now, what's interesting is that how, as humans, our brain, right, forgets about all the successes you had for that big firm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Whether you're charging $50,000, $100,000 a project, and now you're probably charging like 500 bucks or 1000 bucks for your product, and here you are thinking you can't do it, right? And it's just weird how our brain just starts to trick us and fear creeps in. However, how did you break through that? So if, as you're listening right now in your car or, you know, in your office um, or you're exercising and you're listening to what Chet's saying, what is showing up for you right now? Are you plateauing right now in your business where you just can't get past it? Are you resonating with the fear that Chet had at that, that stage of his business? I had it as well. I think we all have to go through it as entrepreneurs. How did he get through it? The way he got through it, one, he decided, I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to go bigger than I've ever gone before. I don't know what it's like to make 100000 in mm-hmm. one year. I don't even know what's going to happen. Like, I, I actually have to stretch my imagination to think about that. And man, I went through that too. And I realized that most of my life, I had a poor relationship with money because I was raised in poverty. So I only knew poverty and I, my brain could only imagine poverty in some mm. facet or another. And I had to break through the poverty mindset and that poor relationship with money that many of us have and break through and go, well, why couldn't I make 100000 Why couldn't I make 500000 Why couldn't I make a million in a year? Like, how am I different than that person doing it? Mm-hmm. Right? And at the end of the day, we're not. Right? We're also capable. And, it, and I really think, you know, you, you, you declared into the universe, I am doing this. And that in itself has power. And you had a few wins, which built a little momentum, that kind of launched you a little bit. What, yeah. what shows up for you there? Yeah, I mean, I would say it's it's hard just to say, you know, it's, it's hard just to wake up one day and say, I now have self-belief in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that, that's, that's, a, that's a difficult thing. People, that's an intangible thing. And, and if you're in a mindset where you're like, ah, you know, I'm stuck at 30, 40, 50, whatever it is, um, you know, you can't, it's easy to say, oh, just wake up one day and say, you know, believe in yourself that you can do it kind of thing right um so really what had to happen to me is i had to get some small wins under my belt i had to get some forward momentum um without that i wouldn't have been able to kind of make that transition um that happened with you know getting a good client that i was able to do some work that i was really competent in yes um i was really comfortable in and i was able to get some small wins and um and they were a really great client, still a client to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was able to start doing that, then I was like, okay, well, maybe I know what I'm talking about with this specific thing. And then it kind of trans. And with those small wins, I was kind of able to 
I guess, transfer my mindset. But mm-hmm. I had to get a hold of those small. I had to find something that I could attach some kind of intangible value to mm-hmm. in terms of a win versus a loss. Then I was kind of able to say, okay, well, if I focus on more of doing what this is, you know, whatever this is that I'm doing that's working, I guess I need to kind of multiply that and see where that takes me. And then, you know, through my projections and everything, I was like, I think I can hit if I keep going on this path, you know, rather than kind of going on the path where I was trying to do everything for everybody, you know, going on this path of focusing what I'm good at. I think I can hit that $100,000 mark. I think that's realistic for me. And that's it. You're nailing it right there. I think that's where most of us entrepreneurs get plateaued is we're trying to do too much because Mm -hmm. we're trying to bring in cash flow. We're trying to pay the bills, right? And we're coming from a desperation place, uh, a place of lack and scarcity versus abundance. And you getting clear on, hey, what are the areas that I actually could win in? You know, where are my natural talents? Where do they lie? And and for you, it sounds like you almost accidentally fell into it with just a, a good client that came came in and said, hey, I need yeah. X, Y, and Z. And you're like, you know what? I can do X, uh, Y, eh, maybe not so great, but man, Z, I can nail that. Mm-hmm. And that's where you had some success, right? You had wins. And those wins naturally created that momentum of self-confidence that says, hey, I could do this. And then you made that declarative statement, boom, that's, that's changed everything for you, it sounds like, you know? Yeah, yeah, in a, in a nutshell. Um, I mean, there are certainly other contributing factors to it. Um, I think... Like you won the lotto. No, I'm messing. <laughs> Not that one. <laughs> Not that one. Um, one of the contributing factors is I, f- I learned how to sell myself mm. better than I wasn't... Or I learned how to sell what I was competent at and not learning how to sell everything that I wasn't competent at. And I think that's something that I struggled with before. Mm. And I kind of got clear with, okay, I'm going to focus instead of being like marketing guy, I'm going to be marketing automation guy. I'm going to be the guy who builds the systems, the sales funnels, the things like that. How did you get to that? How did you arrive at that and get clear about how to market yourself? Because as you just said earlier, that's so difficult for us. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, they go into business thinking I have a great product, I have something great, but they don't necessarily have the skill set to be able to sell themselves at first. Mm -hmm. Um, It's obviously something anybody can learn, but I think it's something that's very foreign to a lot of people. And even to me who is doing marketing, which is selling, you know, you think that it wouldn't be that foreign to like, um, to be able to sell yourself. But I, it, it was something that I struggled with a bit at first, but then I was able to kind of go, where everybody else in my marketplace was and I was able to figure out what they were doing and then I kind of modeled what they did but I did put my own spin on it Mm. and I put my own like here's why I'm better than X, Y, and Z. So you stopped trying to reinvent the wheel and you said what's working out there, what are some proven models that Mm -hmm. people are making money on, let me take those, customize it with my own little twist on it, make it unique to me Mm -hmm. and boom, all of a sudden it started to work. Yeah, and and as as it progressed and in uh, in the later years and everything, I've still I've still continuously honed down what I do, and I've I've actually just taken out things like uh, when it comes to people asking for paid ads or paid traffic or or all these things on like Facebook and Google and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Like I used to do that kind of stuff, and I found out that I probably wasn't as good at it as as some people who are a lot better than that. So I just started taking those things out and kind of. There's a quote that I like that says, uh, a good artist 
uh, good artist knows when the painting is complete, not when there's nothing left to add, but nothing left to take away. And so <laughs> it's like I continuously yeah. stripped everything out of what I was doing, but still kept the core of what I knew I was really competent at. And obviously, I grew some other skills along the way from doing some of this stuff. But finding out what I was really competent at and focusing on that and learning how to sell that better than anybody else that I knew that was selling that mm -hmm. um, or finding a different angle that nobody else was hitting that I knew would resonate better and that was just like a, a bunch of trial and error. Mm -hmm. um, finding out how to sell myself and, and promote myself, the stuff I was really competent at, um, helped me kind of cross that mark and I think that was one of the biggest, biggest pieces of, of what I was able to do is being able to land better paying clients, being able to... Yeah. And, ultimately being able to land clients that I knew I was going to be able to do better work with because it was stuff that I was more competent in. So I found out that I didn't have to do it all necessarily. I could focus on what I was good at and then I was actually getting more clients who were paying more money and who would pass me more work because I was getting more wins and it was kind of like the snowball effect. Yes. Um, where, yeah, it's a, a less is more kind of concept. Yeah, exactly. Really it's like once sense. you got clear with what to say no to, Yes. You started to find And that's a hard thing to do. It's, it it's hard to say, you know, I'll give you $5,000 to build X, Y, and Z. And it's hard I'm to like, say. No. Yeah, it's hard to say no because <laughs> I know I can't do it as good as this guy or yeah. this guy or my friend over here. Yeah. And I started to learn that passing that stuff along is way more valuable because if they get results with them, you know, with them, they're going to have more money to spend with me on a mm. X, Y, or Z thing that I'm good at. And so... It was, it's, it's, it's a big learning process, I think, but uh, knowing that you don't have to do it all, which is hard for business owners because especially starting out, you have to wear all the hats. Yeah. I mean, you have to be the, you're, you're the IT team, you're the guy who opens up, you're the guy who works it, you're the guy who closes it down. Um, so it's hard to learn when and how to delegate, and I think that's different for every person. Mm. Um, and learning how to focus what you're really good at and focusing your time on what you're really good at. And for me, that was selling and I mean building my actual products and sales funnels and, and doing the the more consultant approach of it and then maybe starting to have other people do the the smaller technical works and, and me focusing on the selling and me focusing on the bigger picture items and the stuff that I knew brought in more revenue for my business as opposed mm -hmm. to stuff that would kind of weigh me down and put me in the weeds where I couldn't necessarily make the progress that I wanted to. I and love the content you're you're dripping in right now. Seriously, you're serving up so much value for our entrepreneurs. Seriously, because it's like you're touching all these hot buttons, right? That we just don't want to admit because our pride gets in the way mm -hmm. as entrepreneurs, and and we just have to let go of the pride and and start delegating stuff out, right? And maybe you say, well, I don't have the budget to delegate. Well, you will if you start getting clear on what you you're not good at or own up and say, man, I actually suck at this. Why am I telling people I'm good at this when I actually suck at it? Yeah, right? I mean, nobody likes to run a leaner business than me. I love it. Like I love having, like if I could have zero overhead and all profit, that would be the best thing ever. But I know that that's not that's really the lottery. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the lottery. I know that's not reasonable. Um, so it would, yeah, it, for me, like, because I felt like it was, it was this mindset thing of, oh, I'm passing up money on the table that I could be, you know, bringing back to, to me or my family and like I could be growing and that will help me grow my business. That was kind of like my mindset is like, oh, the more money for me, that means the more I can grow my business, which means then I can afford to hire people. But then if I get to that point and, you know, I'm doing all this work, not only do I get bogged down, but if the next project comes along, I still have that same mindset of, oh, I need to take in this work and then... 
I never end up delegating some of that stuff. And mm. I, I always kind of just, it's that perpetual getting bogged down kind of feeling of yeah. moving through the weeds and not being able to learn when to say, that's not what I'm good at. Let me find someone who's good at that. Um, and finding a thrifty way, I guess, to do it as a business owner is a, is a tricky thing in the beginning. But uh, I think if you can crack that code, and again, I can't give a, a definitive answer on what that is because every business is different. I but... want the top three steps to do it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right, everybody wants, give me the three steps, chat. <laughs> I don't think there is a three steps to that. There's, uh, there's, there's guidelines to that, though, but I don't think there's three steps. Very cool. So uh, my next question was, you know, describe an aha moment that inspired your biggest win and pushed you over the $100,000 mark. Would you say that was it? Was getting yeah, clear yeah, on I what you're say, not Yeah, I at? would say learning how to focus what I was good at and learning how to sell myself and focusing my time on selling and doing more of the consulting work as opposed to more of the down in the weeds work, mm. as I would put it, more high level Mm-hmm. Uh, as opposed to low-level work. Um, yeah, cool. So, uh, you know, it's easy to have an aha moment and then do nothing with it, right? Mm-hmm. We all have these great ideas like, boom, flash of genius, and then we tell everybody about it. We're so excited. Everyone's excited for us. And then crickets. Yeah. Crickets, yeah. right? Uh, but it's much harder to actually execute and make it real. Now, walk us through the details of exactly how you made that happen. And I'm going to ask you to get specific on one area, right? Because you said uh, you had to learn how to sell mm-hmm. and market yourself, right? So for many people... You're listening right now and you say, I'm not a salesperson. I don't want to be a salesperson. I don't want to be that car salesperson, right? <laughs> That's very real for yeah, yeah, so yeah. many entrepreneurs. However, at the end of the day, what you're saying to us right now, Chad, is that, hey, I needed to learn to sell myself and actually bring in revenue to my company. Right. And that's where my strength lied was more on the consulting side, painting the vision, the project. Here's what we're going to do, et cetera, et cetera, rather than the day to day execution mm-hmm. once we have the project. So how did you transition from more of that um, employee type of mindset to the business owner mindset that needs to go out and sell? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I kind of had a point where I had to in a sense that I knew if I wanted to get I had I hit a point in my threshold with what I was doing on a day-to-day basis where it was like you know get up at seven in the morning and go to bed at midnight and you're spending the entire time in front of a computer and I'm kind of like I don't have any more hours like if I got more work now I don't have any more time in the day to be able to delegate stuff like right or no to more be com- able to do yeah I have no, no more capacity work. yeah exactly yeah. So I was like, either I can raise my prices and I can just keep getting indefinitely more expensive, um, or I can figure out how to run this a bit smarter. Um, so when I kind of made the choice to move into more of a hybrid agency slash consultant kind of role, and I'm, I'm still, again, figuring out exactly where that lies, mm. but... Uh, when I would pitch new products or I'd, I'd get someone interested in what I did... Um, I would switch from the mindset of, you know, uh, I, I thought from the mindset of, okay, who do I have to bring in to make this happen with as little work on me as possible? So I can focus, you know, if, if this project's going to take 20 hours, how much of my time is it going to take? Mm-hmm. So let's say it takes three hours of my time and it takes 17 hours of somebody else's time or a collective team's time. And I say, okay, from that point, um, I now have 17 hours that I can work with for this project or this week. 
I can use those 17 hours to go talk to X, Y, and Z new clients. Mm. So um, it freed up time. Yeah, it freed up time for yeah. sure. Um, so I had to learn how to sell myself specifically in, in my industry. So I had to figure out what my competitors were doing and why some of them were getting projects when I weren't uh, or when I wasn't. Um, mm -hmm. And figuring out how I could put my own spin on that to, to promote myself is why you need to choose me instead of somebody else in a nice way. Um, and I think people have a, they have like a dirty association with selling um, and sales. Like it's like, it's some kind of just it's, it's a bad word. Yeah, yeah, it's sleazy. It doesn't have to be sleazy. I think if you're, if you're doing something that you're passionate about or doing something you love or doing something that you're competent in, um, selling should, you would think it should come naturally, but I think most people, a lot of people have more selling sense than what they think they do. I think. Yes, they do. Now, if you're a guy listening right now, have you ever asked a girl out? That's selling. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. If you're a girl, you're selling have you ever flirted with a guy yeah. where he asked you out? That's selling. We're all already salespeople. We just don't mm. like the label. Yes. Right? And the association, like you said, we, we associate it to like the sleazy type of car sales yeah, type guy. And it doesn't have to be that, right? Mm -hmm. Like here at Co-Creative, we call it co-buying, right? So we don't sell here. We co-buy with our new person, right? And it's literally coming in, asking them questions, fact-finding, what's the pain? What are they looking for? And then my job is literally to match it to one of the products that I have yeah. that can relieve the pain, right? So I sell aspirin. That's pretty much what I do. I take away your pain. And as soon as we started shifting into that mindset of selling, man, people just started pulling out credit cards. And it didn't occur as selling because now we were their advocate. Mm -hmm. We were their partner in moving forward to where they wanted to go. Yeah, and that, that kind of goes back to sales 101 of uh, you know, finding a person's pain point, finding out how your solution fits with that pain point. If you're so, And the hard part is if your solution doesn't fit with that pain point, you have to be able to say, uh, I'm not the best person for this. Yes. But if, and then once you start collecting a database of other people or maybe even other competitors or other um, industries and say, hey, I'm not the best person for this, but this person over here, this, this person will take care of you. you know, they've yeah. done X, Y, and Z projects for me before or I've worked with them on X, Y, and Z, so they're probably the best person. And not only will someone respect you more for that because you're being transparent with what you're good at, uh, if you, you can work out other relationships with those other you know competitors yeah. or other industries and saying hey yeah, if a I referral fee yeah if or... I pass this over can I get a refiner's fee of X mm -hmm. um, and you start to build this network and then all of a sudden you can you can get you know revenue streams from projects you're not even taking on exactly right um, I think that's great because again that's abundance mindset it's like I have more than enough revenue coming in I can start passing it to others. And even if you don't, right, like that first project comes in and you're like, yeah. I really want this, but I'm not actually the best for this client. And you pass that, this freedom in that, pass it. Mm -hmm. Pass it because the next one that shows up will be the right one or will be the one after that. And you'll start landing these. Yeah, and you know what's interesting? I yeah, think you'll get this is that um, when you tell someone that, you know what, I'm probably not the right fit for you. You want so-and-so. It actually makes them want you more, Right. And it's not, you're not doing it in a, in a bad way, but like imagine you're a guy and you know, a beautiful model comes over to you and says, you know, I think I want to go out with you. And she's expecting you to say yes, because every guy says yes, right? And you're like, yeah, actually, I don't think you're, I'm the right guy for you. I think that guy over there is the right guy for you. What does that do to her? All of a sudden, yeah. your attractiveness just went through the roof. Like, this guy's turning me down? 
right? And I think it's the same in business. It's just, you know, human attractiveness and all that. So uh, go ahead with your point there. Yeah, like... I honestly can't remember what I was saying. Because <laughs> we're talking about like gorgeous models. Yeah, you, you went out with models and I got all, I got all flustered. Um, no, no problem. <laughs> we'll come back to you. All right, so let me ask you this. Looking back to your first 100K, in your opinion, what was the number one thing that got you over that hurdle? If you had to summarize in one thing. If I had to summarize one thing. The one thing that got yeah, pushed you been, over. It would have been delegation. Um, okay. I, I had a client that came through that that pushed a substantial amount um, that got me over that hump mm. in the in the final months, and I actually got over that hump in November, um, as opposed to December when I thought I was going to get over mm. it. Um, but the only reason I got over that is because I focused on big picture only. Um, I said that from the get go. I said, "Hey, I'm only doing, you know, I'll, I'll I'll set up the, you know, we'll set up like maybe one together, and then." You know, I'm going to let you know that I'm going to have my team build the rest of this. And I'm going to be overseeing it. I'm going to make sure everything's good. Um, but this way, we're going to be able to take on more of, because this other person, was, it was more of like a white label mm-hmm. where they were passing me work um, and, and we were doing the back-end fulfillment of it. Sure. And I said, I'll be project manager. You know, I'll build the first one with you. Um, so I was going to have to put a little bit of sacrifice in the front end, but saying this way, you know, it's going to take two weeks instead of four weeks. Mm-hmm. So... And we're going to have three times more capacity. So, you know, on that list of 100 clients you have, we can get through five or ten of those in a month as opposed to two or three of those in a month. And to that person, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's brilliant. Let's make sure the first one works, Yeah. which we did. Yeah, we it was set a it beta up. test, right? First, it was a new yeah, relationship. First one works. Everything works great. They're like, okay, let's turn on the, the hose, so yeah. to speak. And, and I like that, right? Because you set the... Um, foundational requirements of that new relationship mm-hmm. you're saying here's what i'm willing to do in this here's what i'm not willing to do do you have do we have agreement and right there they're like yeah we have agreement now you got workability and you created a client relationship that you actually want mm-hmm. versus one that you have to take on because you need the money yeah and that's that's a place of imprisonment in a way right yeah, so you yeah it really freedom. is it really is cool uh what was the best advice you received pre 100k that's a uh, that's a tough one. Um, I would say, gosh, I can't, I can't think of a I can't think of a specific I can't think of a specific piece of advice. Um, I remember talking to my dad a lot about it, and mm-hmm. uh, you know him just encouraging me about it because it, it was to the point where he's um, I mean he told me he never made that much in, in one year in, in his business, and he. He was a horse farrier, so he shoed horses his entire life for like 25 years. He put um, horseshoes on yeah, horses. Yeah, horseshoes on horses. Wow. Yeah. And so, I mean, I remember him distinctively, like when I was kind of giving him my projections and stuff, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to hit, I'm actually think I'm going to hit $100,000 this year. And he's like, wow. It's like, I've, it's like, I've never, I've never hit that in one year before in and any you of my know businesses. What, you know and what he was, was doing? He was counting the amount of horseshoes he would have to put on horses <laughs> yeah, exactly. in order well, to Well, yeah, yeah, it was one of those things. And he even went through the same thing too, where it was like, do I get like an apprentice to help me with this? Yeah. And it's like, but I know I'm better at this than someone else. And, and like, it, it was, it's a more difficult situation with something like that. But I think, um, you know, speaking in service-based businesses, I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of business owners and stuff and, and inspiring ones that kind of connect with that where they're like, you know, I'm, I am my product and my service. Yeah. Like I have a hard time. I can't like make a mirror of myself. Yeah. How do I duplicate me? Yeah, but I think I'm the if only you, one that can do exactly. this. Exactly, um, but yeah, I think when you find that, 
there's 20 or 30 percent of you that only you can do but there's also 70 percent of you that you could probably teach someone else how to do and even though it's a bit of a pain point to do at first um, I, I think if you take on that kind of portion of it and, and saying okay well here are the things that at least I can have someone mm -hmm. else do and let me just focus on the things that only I can do I think that's a great distinction you just made because a lot of entrepreneurs get very uh, confused confused right there mm -hmm. it's like I only can do this I'm the only one that can do this and you just create that distinction no a hundred percent of it is not only you what's the 30 percent that only you can do now yeah. now let's talk about the 70 percent and who do we delegate that out to so that we free up 70 percent of your time so that you could take on more clients doing the 30 percent that only you can do yeah that makes yeah. total sense yeah and, and I found at least with me there was the the building the constructing of the overall plan the overall marketing concept like to find someone else that could do that i would have to pay them just as much as i was making yeah. so it, it didn't make sense to me to delegate that at that point so me being able to say okay well let me focus on the big picture let me create the battle plan mm -hmm. uh, and obviously i'm the only one that can sell my product right now mm -hmm. um so let me focus on selling and creating the battle plan. And then everything else, I know it's going to be really time-consuming at first to show everyone, okay, here's how to connect X, Y, and Z points together. Um, but I knew if I did that once, I had the skills, at least in my instance, to be able to kind of automate those processes, to be able to say, okay, well, when I do this again, I'll have everything documented. So yeah. I can just go back and say, okay, well, here's the process. And I love that because you're immediately, you know, you're thinking about the vision, where you're taking it. I'm going to build a team. And now as you're going through those painful exercises of day-to-day -day operations, uh, you're seeing meaning behind them, mm -hmm. right? Because you're like, okay, I'm going to create a process around this so I never have to do it again. Exactly. Right? And that all of a sudden motivates you. Yeah, <laughs> it, makes the, it makes the end result sexy as opposed to like, <laughs> like yeah, there's, there's nothing sexy about sitting there creating a standard operating procedure for... You know, whatever hooking up some email and some back like that's boring like yeah. to 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 just about anyone who like thinks yeah. about like that that's not there's nothing sexy about that at all yeah. but the the sexy appeal of this is say hey I only have to do this one more time before I can now delegate this to somebody else who can handle this for me and I never have yeah. to touch it again I can just oversee it and then I can get to the point where it's even a sexier result to say I don't have to oversee it I can have somebody who manages that oversee that Love and then it. they can tell that you know they can give me the end result and then you know and so on and so forth yeah i get that back. all right so we're going to pick up the pace a little bit here because sure. you and i can talk about this all day right i already <laughs> can tell that right because we're both fired up entrepreneurs here fearless all right so share one of your daily habits back then that helped you get where you are today um daily habits back then was uh putting in the work honestly um i've I struggle with the the overworking versus underworking kind of mindset of there are certain entrepreneurs that say I only have to work five or six hours a day um, total. Um, there's I mean there, there's quite a few thought processes I have behind that, but at, at that point I mean I was pulling long days, probably longer days than I needed to. Um, mm -hmm. Thinking about it now as opposed to then, but saying you know having. Having something that needed to be done, I put a time frame on it. I said, this is the date that I'm going to get this done by, and I, I have to do it by X date. Um, you know, I probably didn't go about it in the most healthy of ways, you know, sometimes like staying up till super late, you know, times in the, in the morning or, or uh, late at night. Um, mm -hmm. or getting, I remember getting up at like 5 o'clock in the morning to shoot a bunch of videos where I was just like, I don't want to do 
do this. There's <laughs> no part of me that wants to get up at 5 in the morning. Plus, who looks good on camera yeah, at exactly, 5 a.m.? Yeah, exactly. There's no amount of lighting that can fix that. No <laughs> this probably isn't going to be effective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So just to summarize that, um, what I'm hearing yeah. you say is that a uh, good daily habit you did is you set a goal for whatever the project was, and then you reverse engineered it. Okay, how many days back I have to do it? How many hours a day? Mm -hmm. And then you showed up and you put in the hours. Period, period, period. Whether you felt like it or not, you put in the hours. That was the daily behavior. Yeah, yeah. I think setting setting timelines and setting realistic goals. Um, and the term realistic being like the <laughs> the item that you you have to discover for yourself what's realistic. I would put things. I'm like, hey, yeah, I'm gonna shoot all these videos, or I'm gonna get this whole project done this week. And there's no way in hell I could got it. There's no way I could have got it done that week. Um, yeah, yeah, and the downside of setting those unrealistic goals is now now you don't hit it, and now you're frustrated. Mm -hmm. And if you do that a few times in a row, you feel like a failure, where if you set realistic goals, you probably would have hit it, and you would have felt like a success. Yeah. Totally sure. different, right? Sure. So you're setting yourself up to fail with the, the wrong goals. So listen to that, you know, um, listen to Chad in that, and set those realistic goals. Give yourself a little cushion. Let your, you know, live a life too. It's like if you got... Oh, yeah you know family and kids make sure you have time for your family and kids you know you're not mm -hmm. putting the project ahead of them okay so chet we're going to head into the hustle round um okay. so i'm going to ask you 12 quick fire questions and you'll have three seconds to answer each okay. are you ready uh as ready as i can be all right so first thing don't overthink it first thing that comes to you okay right. uh what's your favorite sound uh guitar what's your least favorite sound uh the alarm clock <laughs> that one's just funny. Uh, when you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, superhero. Superhero Kai. Uh, what are you? What are you most afraid of? Uh, spiders or Hurricane Irma. Okay, so I guess you didn't want to be Spider-Man as a superhero. Okay. What did you spend too much time doing your first year in business? Uh, working. Got probably. It. Yeah. What secret fear do you have about people? Uh, they won't like me. Got it. What do you wish you had learned sooner in your business? Uh, that I didn't have to work 16, 18 hours a day. Mm. What is a new habit that you want to form now? Uh, being monetizing my time or delegating my time. Okay. Yeah, always, always looking to get better at that. What is a bad habit that you would like to break? Uh, not getting up or doing the things that I said I'm going to do them. Mm. Yeah, those broken promises, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, imagine, uh, sorry, pick three words to describe who you are now. Three words. Uh, actionable? I guess that's... Uh, that's a word. Yeah, something, something along those lines. Uh, creative and... Hard-headed, maybe? A bit? <laughs> Hard-headed, got it. And pick three words to describe who you were back then, pre-100K. Uh, hungry, uh, motivated, and at the same time, discouraged. Mm. If that's... Yeah. I, I went back you know, back and forth between those. Yeah, yeah. Definitely hungry that. was always the... Okay, the, huge transformation there. Yeah. Imagine sometime in the distant future, and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it. Check gas, uh, loving husband, uh, father, businessman, awesome guitar player. 
<laughs> Watch my videos. <laughs> cool. And if you could come back to life after you died and tell your family and friends only one piece of advice, what would you tell them? Uh, work-life balance. Work-life balance. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that that's... It's, it, for, especially for entrepreneurs, I think we get in the habit of working all day long and, and mm-hmm. locking ourselves in an office and finding out when to turn the time... You know, when, to, when to turn the, the clock off and on, um, I think, is, is really important. And yeah. And we something can, I'm always learning and trying to figure out for myself, too. For sure. And we can justify it. Oh, I'm neglecting my family or whatever because I'm building an empire. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm working these many hours, so in five or ten years, I don't have to work as many hours. Yeah. And while some of that might be true, some of that also, I think, is feeding into the mentality of I have to work every single day uh, all hours a day because I'm a businessman and that's what I do yeah and then when you listen to people uh, on their deathbeds their number one regret I wish I worked less and spent more time with yeah the exactly exactly yeah so awesome bro uh, chat what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you uh, they can check out cgmarketingautomation.com it's letter c letter g marketingautomation.com I know it's a long website. Um, I preferably would have liked something a little bit shorter, but you know, you got to work with what the domains give you. So you see, Chet's apologizing to you for his domain name right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you may end up shortening it, right? You never know. Yeah, I never know. All right, cool, Chet. Thanks for joining us today, and I wish you peace, love, and superpowers. <laughs> thanks, man. Cheers. You as well. Head over to first100k.com for even more tools, tactics, and tricks that you can use to go from A to 100K. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you on the next show. Cheers.